Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the 2016 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Xavier Howard. Defensive back from Baylor. 13th pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle, Clemson. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa, quarterback, Alabama. The Miami Dolphins select... Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Two on Three YPC. I'm Alfredo Artega. Sam Clancy, as always, is here. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks, as all our shows are at this point. If you go there right now, they have, I don't know, it could be the end of me, but I, I can't I can't wait to get down on all of these these things. You guys have bet on horse racing before. You bet on the NBA, baseball, football. Can you imagine betting on 40-yard dash times, the excitement on Saturday as you win or lose? So, yeah, absolutely. I'll be on it. You could get that on prize picks. Make a deposit, $100, and you get $100 when you use the promo code 5FIVE. They have 47 athletes up there right now over-unders on their 40-yard dash times. If you heard our last three yards per carry episode, you heard us go on and on and on about all of those guys. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun watching and talking about it when it happens on Monday. But as of right now, we have our first prospect. Simon, hit me. Uh, we're going to tie in this week, actually, and not uh, Michael Mayer or not Dalton Kincaid, probably the top two, not Darnell Washington, who probably fits maybe most of what Miami wants to do, especially if he runs well at the weekend. But actually, the kind of the X factor in this tie-in class, Luke Musgrave of, uh, of Oregon State, six foot six, 255 pounds. And if you recognize the name, he is the nephew of Bill Musgrave, the, mm-hmm. the well-known kind of veteran coach who actually the Browns added as an offensive assistant uh, late last week. Obviously, he'd worked with with Kevin Stefanski a fair bit. So, um, you know, potentially Cleveland could be a landing spot for Luke Musgrave, who, like I said, 6'6", 255 pounds. He is the most athletic tight end in this class, bar none. Um, and you see him, you'll see him and have seen him showing up in, in, in first round mocks. He's a bit all over the board in terms of some people like, you know, I can't believe he's this high. He's a third, fourth round guy. Uh, and I think what's happening here is that you're betting on the profile. You take an Anthony Richardson at quarterback, you know, I've seen him now go first overall in multiple mock drafts uh, and people are banking on the upside. And there is a little bit of a sense of that with Musgrave. He's more experienced than Richardson, but there is a lot of work to do. I don't think he's necessarily somebody that's going to contribute massively as a rookie, although he is pretty experienced, just that his upside and his profile just means he's got so much more room to grow, I think. So 
really interesting kid, really interesting player, and we're looking forward to digging into him. Yeah, I look at him, and Lanzerline, by the way, has already all his uh, comparables up, and he throws Dallas Godert uh, up there. My God, if he doesn't look like Mike Gusecki to me. <laughs> uh, he has a bit of a picky about him, I've got to say, although he's a better blocker already, I think, than... I think Asiki is he's much better in line, but you know, this is a, like he's a kid, he's an Oregon kid, a state of Oregon kid, played football, played lacrosse, played track. And interestingly, actually, he was a, a skier, he was on the ski racing teams, which uh is a pretty much a rarity in high school. You certainly don't get that in this country. And I actually think you can see a bit of that flex in the ankles when he's running his routes, um, which I think is quite interesting. He, as a senior. 563 yards, only 31 passes caught. And actually, he had zero scholarship offers until pretty late in the recruiting cycle and then literally had a number in the final for, uh, in the final weeks. Oregon State, Oregon, Cal, uh, UC Davis, Utah State were, were kind of late entries into the, into the Musgrave kind of uh, pantheon in terms of getting him over the line. And he ended up at Oregon State. But like, when he got there straight away, Coaches were like, look, at that size, he can run. You know, when you get somebody that size and the ability to stretch the field vertically and be a threat, then it does. It puts up all sorts of possibilities in the past game. He's known as a hard worker. He works in the offseason back in Bend, which is where he, um, which is where he's from in Oregon with uh, Kevin Boss. Everybody remember Kevin Boss, the former NFL tight end, who went to high school there in Bend. He trains athletes at his sports performance facility there. So even in college, he's been, you know, he's been working out, getting ready, for the NFL, and look, what you're looking at as a player, look, he's big, he's physical, he's athletic. We've already said that, he's 6'6", he's 255. He ticks all the boxes that you're looking for in terms of like a guy who's got upside but can work as an inline tight end, who can become a seam buster, and you put on the tape and you see him, he gets off the line of scrimmage quickly, he finds open spaces in zone, he plays against man, he understands how to work up the seams, he can win in the passing game out of multiple formations, and the modern NFL, that's what you're looking for. You're not just looking at a a guy who can just line up in line and come off the line. Look at the best tight ends in the league. And by best tight ends, I mean Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. They are the two barometers for tight end play in the NFL for me. Um, and you look at those guys, they win out of multiple formations. They 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 play in tight, they play in the slot, they're motioned out of the backfield, they're out wide. Uh, you know, they are lining up all over the place. Um and as a route runner, he, like I, I touched upon with the ski stuff with the ankles, he's got great feet, he's got good hips, he's smooth as a mover, he's quick in and out of his brakes, using those flexible ankles, he's not cumbersome as a runner. So, you know, immediately athletically, you can see that he can uh, create separation, something we've not really had with Mike Gesicki. And, you know, what he does really well is he creates late separation with that speed. And, and there's rumours that he's going to run in the four fours, which would be, you know, quite something. But as a blocker, he's solid. I think he needs some serious NFL strength, but he's not going to be embarrassed. He understands where his hands should be. He understands how to work and connect hands and hips and knees and feet. It's what I always talk about. It's what scouts talk about. It's what coaches talk about. The connection of those four things. Don't dip your head. Keep your hands you know, inside the breastplate. Don't keep them outside because that's where you hold. Keep your hips, your knees, your feet all square. Keep them working together in unison. And he's had 500 plus career run blocking snaps out. So, you know, he understands mm -hmm. what he's doing out there. He understands what he's supposed to be doing. And I think, look, it will be fascinating to see where he ends up because he's going to blow up athletically at the combine. I think he's the only tight end in college football in the last five years to eclipse 20-plus miles an hour on the field. So that tells you how fast he is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so in terms of the pluses, in terms of the upside, in terms of what teams are betting on for the future, he is not the finished product. Now, can he develop into the finished product? And I think that ultimately is what 
what teams are going to be gambling on when it comes to draft day. Yeah, and next gen, one of my favorite pastimes is trying to figure out what next gen stats means by by their by the rankings. Uh, he's the first tight end in their history to score first in all of their categories: production, athleticism, and their total score. He has 90, 88, 94. He's considered an elite, an elite prospect at the tight end position. Um, when I'm when I say Gasecki, man, I see the profile, the the length, the 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 speed but one thing i i can't say for him right away which is better than the mike Gusecki's, is that his route running at least on tape is much better than whatever mike Gusecki showed at penn state yeah uh, especially his glance routes his glance routes like you'd see the flu the fluidity most of most guys don't like to run that glance route because you're basically running it right at a safety and you don't know if that safety is coming downhill to kill you while you're looking back at the quarterback, you know? And Luke Musgrave sh- uh, shows on tape consistently where he catches it and tucks it cleanly, and he's not thinking about the safety that's coming to to end his day early. So uh, I will say that for him, but where do we where do we stand as far as his comparable uh, on the way out here? Because I just can't help but, but think this is Mike Gusecki. Maybe he's a better blocker. He has, uh, he has better chops. Than, than as far as Mike Gusecki, as far as uh, his scouting reports, because Mike Gusecki was never, as far as back as I can remember, I don't think he ever cracked the 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 first round during the the whole the whole run up to the draft. Although he had a great combine, uh, Luke Musgrave is firmly in that first round. Uh, your thoughts as far as a comparable? Yeah, I'm not really sure about comparables. Comparables actually, and look, what's precipitous about Gusecki is that he's so upright for such a long strider. And I think long striding guys, it, it is very difficult to gain separation when you have to, you know, when you're going up against quick twitch corners, quick twitch safeties, quick twitch linebackers who've got smaller and smaller over the years. And when you're big and long and you've got long legs, you're high cut like a sick is and you're a long strider, it makes it much more difficult to gear down and change direction. And that's not an issue for for um for for Musgrave. The other issue with Gasicki, obviously, is his inability to separate, which means that he really only has one speed, whereas Musgrave has multiple speeds. And I talked about it earlier on, the fact that he gains that late separation uh, with that foot quickness. Look, I think look, there's some downsides to his game. I, I don't think he uses his body and um, his physicality enough, both as a blocker, but also when the ball's in the air, contested catches. And I'm going to give you some numbers in a sec that will kind of that will underline that. But I think he can be old manned a little bit, you know, by safeties and players like that. And I think... Um, He's also barely played, you know, what with the what with the COVID season and being a backup. And then he suffered a knee injury in the second game of last season and, and didn't play for the rest of the year. He's only had 47 career catches for the Beavers, but that potential is immense. I, I think numbers wise, I think you need to look at these. He's dropped 16.1% of his passes in his career on four, you know, and he only has 47 catches and he's only caught... 38.9% of contested catches. Now, you look at someone like Darnell Washington, that 16.1 number is six of drops in terms of percentage of, of passes. And the contested targets is 52%. You know, so that's tw- an extra 12% of contested catches that he's winning. But the flip side to that is that you go back and look at somebody like Christian Watson, for example, who came out last year out of North Dakota State, his drop rate was very similar in that he only had, that he only has 47 career catches in terms of Musgrave, you know. Watson wasn't asked to catch the ball a lot and 
neither was was Musgrave. And so obviously a few drops will disproportionately hurt his rate. Um, but if you're going to bet on a tight end, a guy built like him with his athletic traits and his upside is a solid bet to make. And I think if you think that he's a good kid, which he apparently is, who's going to work to get better as a blocker, which he apparently does, because we've talked about the fact that he works, you know, uh, in the off season with with the former NFL tight end, then there's a there's a good to high ceiling there. Um, but you are betting a little bit on upside um, as much as you are what he's done at Oregon State. Now, Lance Erline says that he's an enhancer for some team's 12 personnel. Is he more than that? Is he just an enhancer for 12 personnel, or is he a guy that can play in 21, can play in 11? He could play anywhere. No, I think if you've got the athletic profile that he has at 6'6", 255, you can, you know, you can line up tight in the slot, in motion, out the backfield, as an H-back out wide as next or a what I think he can play all over. So no, I, I think he's more than that. I, I mean you've got to be more than that if you could if you're running the four fours at six six two fifty five. So um I think he could he has the upside to become a really, really good tight end. Uh, kind of Dalton Schultz is a name that's thrown around. You know, that you, you mentioned him. I, I think also Dawson Knox, uh the Buffalo tight end, I think is a decent comparison to him as well. I think he's got that sort of he's got that sort of ability. He can develop into that sort of player. Now, whether that's a first round player when you're betting on the upside, uh, a non-quarterback position, that remains to be seen. I would feel more comfortable with him in the 50 to 90 range than I would in the 20 to 40 range, but that's just me. Okay. Uh one guy, one guy that I think he kind of has that look, uh, Logan Thomas, maybe. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think at 16, is he the first tight end off the board to the Washington Commanders at 16? Because that's where I got him. Who? Musgrave. Musgrave. Yes. 16 is too spicy for me, mate, I've got to say. I, okay. I, I, he's not tight end one for me. He would be um, He would be tight end four. Four or five for me, I think. Uh, okay. I, would have, I would have Dalton Kincaid as as number one, Michael Mayer at two, Darnell Washington at three, and then we're in the mix at, at four. I like the the craft kid. Um, he might Musgrave might be in that four slash five area, but to me, uh, sixteen, I would be. Um, if you were my general manager making that pick, I'd be I'd be working the combine right now to uh, try and get another job. Yeah, uh, Zerline, I believe, has um, third, and Next Gen Stats has him number one, and. <laughs> I'd be interested to look back on next gen stats and how well they did last year. They actually, they, un, they uncovered a couple of guys last year, but I'd be interested to go back and see how accurate their profiles are because they have them as the clear cut best tight end prospect in this year's draft. I don't see it. You evidently don't see it. And Zerline doesn't see it, but we shall see. And he gets to run on Saturday. I believe he blasts off a four, four. I think there's going to be looks. Mm. Um, I guess we could end it here. Where does he go? Uh, I think he probably goes in the second round somewhere. Unless okay. he just blows the doors off at the, in the combine. All right. We're going to go to break. And we come back, we will have the second prospect on two on three YPC. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. 
After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. Simon, you have a second prospect for us? I do. Um, I, I do. And it's it's a very intriguing prospect, actually. This is one of the freakiest players in the entire draft. This is Kalija Kansi, who's an interior defensive lineman from the University of Pittsburgh. He is six foot and 275 pounds as a defensive tackle, which makes him pound for pound the most explosive player in the draft. He is an And absolute, Miami Northwestern legend, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. An absolute alien. He's also an outlier in every single sense of the word. He's undersized. He's a one-gap DT who's explosive. He's productive, but obviously something of a hit or miss run defender due to this sort of lack of mass, lack of length. Probably a three technique, but he's just been at the combine. In fact, we're recording this on uh, Wednesday afternoon. He's just got off the podium at the combine. He's talked about how he'd like to play in even or odd fronts. And look, it is very hard for any of us to sit here and make comparisons to first ballot Hall of Famers, right? But there is plenty of Aaron Donald in his tape. Um, I am not in any way, shape or form comparing the two, but there are obvious similarities in terms of quickness, in terms of hand uses, in terms of explosion, in terms of ability to find the ball and in terms of size and the fact that they both went to pit, you know, from the size profile to what he can do on the field, everything kind of joins up, but he is not Aaron Donald before you say that, but he has the potential to be a very, very good player. He was also the Panthers first unanimous All-American since Donald in 2013. But look, I look at his tape and you think, look, what is he? Like, because he is very, very good. He's just a good football player, but how does that translate into the NFL? Look, is he just a sub-package package pass rusher inside? Can you trust him inside on on downs one and two? And if he's adding bulk to what feels like a, 
a fairly maxed out frame, is he then losing the explosion that makes him special? Um, it's very interesting. And you go back, you talked about the Miami kind of legend. He was a Miami area kid. So he will be at the Dolphins local pro day. No doubt about it. He had 18 scholarship offers um, from schools. Unfortunately, Miami wasn't one of them, which kind of underlines perhaps the, the struggles that you have had on the field in terms of not being able to get it right off the field over the last uh, few years. Two-time state champion turned into a 40-game starter for, for Pitt. And look, the pluses, I've just talked about them, but you throw on the tape and down after down, he is an, he's a wrecking ball inside. And, and in the modern NFL, if you cannot rush the passer from the interior or at least consistently collapse the pocket, then that's an issue. You know, it's a massive issue. The, the game is not... You know, there are only so many Vita Veya types in the NFL and Veya is what he is because he does what he does so spectacularly well and he can create some some collapse in that pocket. Kansi can do that. And then some, you know, his tape is absolutely packed full of quick wins, of, you know, A-plus first step explosion, very, very quick hands. You know, you look at, you go and watch, don't watch highlights, go and watch actual games and over and over and over, opponents in the ACC had real big issues single blocking he was doubled teams would rotate you know chip backs inside they would move tight ends in motion so that at the snap he would you know they would help chip on him they would help work on him they would pull tight ends or guards across to help on him you know but he was a guy that would blow up double teams consistently and that combination of active and quick hands just allowed him to sort of you know deconstruct blocks with speed and i love on the tape how you know, you, you do see some guys who can get into the backfield and haven't got a clue where they are, where the ball is, what, what's happening, but they're in the backfield, so that's kind of okay, right? This mm. is a guy who knows where the ball is. You know, oftentimes he's creating havoc before the quarterback is is at the top of his drop or the handoff has happened or the mesh point has been established when you're looking at an RPO offense. So he is relentless down to down as a pass rusher. He's relentless in his pursuit, in his, in his ability to follow the ball. He's got great feet and it is a scouting term, but he he plays the piano really well. And what I mean by that is you look at how he moves his feet. Imagine a, mm. imagine that the defensive line is actually at the keys of a piano. He plays the piano really well by moving his, you look at a great pianist too, how they move their hands up and down the keys of, the, of, of a piano. Kansi does that with his feet up and down. So a scouting term, they will often say he plays the piano really well, which means he can move laterally up and down and his feet are really good. That's what he has. Great football intelligence, moves really easily. So in terms of the pluses, there's plenty of them, but majorly as an absolute force, as an absolute disruptor inside, somebody that can just create all sorts of havoc. But how does he play? Where does he play? Can you only play him on pass rushing downs? Because as we'll get into in a sec, there are some downsides and that all starts with his size. Yeah. Uh, Lance Zerlin, I think this might be like an inside joke at NFL.com, but he tends to do this. He sees every single three technique that's about six feet, 280 pounds, and says th that he likes and makes the NFL comparison of John Randall. Like, Lance, you got to stop it, man. Eventually you're going to get it right, <laughs> you know? But John Randall was a complete outlier and absolute alien to play how well he played make the hall of fame as a first ballot guy actually at six feet 280 pounds uh here are my concerns well what would you say to somebody that and by the way if you want to know about the next gen stats they absolutely despise him so we won't speak about that uh zerline actually really likes him what would you say to the guy that says you know what i don't think he could play the b in the a gap he can't read the b in the a gap head up on a guard because of his size limitations, his arms are just not long enough, and that he's simply just a three tech in the NFL. I mean, he that that may well be true, and I think once we get into downsides, I, I think it's really important because look, size obviously 
it is an issue. You want to see him get stronger and more disciplined against the run. But you counter that against his explosiveness as a pass rusher. And, you know, mm. back when I was growing up watching the game in the 80s, you know, first down was run down. Yeah. Second down, you know, potentially run down. These guys down. were really common in the 90s, by the way. Leroy Glover, John Randall. There was a lot of these type of guys. Yeah. So, so you know, because of the way that the game is going and and, and how passing offenses and RPO offenses, the screen game, all of those things, you know, does that make him more effective on downs one and two? You know, what a sub package pass rush. We often think about and hear that term sub packages, obviously guys that come in on third down to, to do specific things, whether it's coverage linebackers, whether it's extra DBs and nickel and dime and guys who can get after the quarterback. Um, but then what do you lose on downs one and two? Because teams do a lot of passing on downs one and two these days. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think he needs more down to down consistency, both mainly in the in the run game, because you don't want to be there and having just hole after hole after hole blasted open because he, he can't hold up against the run. So can he win in the run game against leveraged offensive linemen is a key point and is something that teams are going to have to work out. Is he quick enough to play outside in the 34 front? You know, especially when you can't hold up as you'd like to in the run game and, and your job is essentially to keep that, the 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 outside backer free in terms of the run game you don't want to be engulfed so that he then becomes engulfed and then you just get plowed over in the, in the run game um you missed a couple of games with a shoulder injury but but really for me you know it goes back to that just draft good football players uh, and Kansi is a good football player who has been consistent 40 game starter like I said earlier on um and a creative defensive coordinator will work out how to get the best out of him you know are you going to see him line up downs one to three consistently drive after drive uh, as an interior player i'm not sure but are you going to see him as a guy who can just create absolute havoc from rushing from the inside on third downs who can get after the quarterback on second and long who can do some things in terms of just disrupting run game disrupting rpo game all those sorts of things absolutely you can and if he does add some bulk and doesn't lose that speed then look out because he could be a very very dangerous player yeah, if he were 6'3", 310 pounds, we'd be talking about him as a as a as a first round prospect. Um three three hundred pounds and still have the explosion that he has, you'd be talking about him as a top five. Yeah. Uh, his his trophy case is absolutely full. ACC defensive player of the year, finalist for for basically every single award that they give to defensive linemen and interior linemen. Um my final concern, um, I already gave you mine about as far as reading the B and the A gap. Can he play head up on a tackle as a five tech? Because that seems to be what is absolutely necessary for defensive tackles nowadays. If you watch the Dolphins, they do it with both of their defensive tackles, Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins. Uh, the Eagles make it a habit to use all of their defensive tackles over their tackles, especially in over fronts. Um, is he limited in that regard? Can is he is he a guy that if you stick out there as a five tech over a tackle? He's just going to get completely washed out and can't set the edge. Um, I think potentially, but I, I I wonder. It depends what scheme he's in. If your scheme is asking you to hold the point, um, you know, and essentially direct traffic back inside, right? To hold the edge, direct traffic inside, keep the tackle off your breastplate, you know, maintain leverage, lock out your arms, bulk your you know your your lower half in terms of, um the ability to turn running backs back into the the middle of the field, then that's not going to be to his benefit. That's not his game, right? But what if you're asking him to line up and consistently beat a, you know, and essentially a twitched up left tackle, and you look at some of the great left tackles, if you are asking him to do that, 
then he could absolutely do he can absolutely do that. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's not going to take Rashawn Slater. He's certainly not going to, you know, he's certainly not going to bend the arc. But in terms of, you know, matching up one-on-one on the outside and creating havoc, yes, he can do that. But I don't think you're getting the best from him. That's not his natural, you know, that's not what you want to see him doing, especially if, as he's just said at the combine, he's only 275 pounds. You know, if he's 295 pounds, and you're playing him inside and he retains that ability and that speed and that twitch and that hand uses and, and that explosiveness, that's what you want him doing. You want him on, on guards, you want him on centers, you want him on those sorts of things because he's just so quick and explosive. And I'll be fascinated to see what his, his 10 second split time is and even his five, five second split because this guy is dripping with explosion. Yeah, and when they measure him, uh, that's going to be key too. His, his wingspan is something that you want to see. You want it to be at least uh, average with the rest of the defensive tackles because that's so important. Uh, your reach as a defensive tackle is important. If it's not to snuff as far as the average of what you have in the NFL, you can't play that two-gap style, which means he wouldn't be a fit for Miami, by the way, and about a third of the NFL teams. So so it's important. Really good football player, though. I love to watch him play. He's a better version of, of one of my favorite players, Nesta Silvera. Uh, you're aware of him, right? Yeah, the Miami, you know, former Miami guy. Yeah, uh, he's a better version of that. Uh, I'm interested to see where do, where does he go? Where do you think he goes? I mean, he's not for all tastes, okay? Um, I, I think some Yeah, teams, like I said, about a third of NFL teams will have him completely off the board. Right yeah, I think some teams will have him in the third round. I think some teams will have him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just think you you got to pick your poison or whatever the reverse of pick your poison is. I think if you feel like you can get the best out of him and you're looking for a twitched up sub package interior pass rusher who can get you seven, eight, you know, who can get you seven, eight sacks a season, who can get you 10, 15 tackles for a loss, who can just be an absolute menace inside and then free up, you know, guys alongside can free up edge rushes because you're having to, you know, you're having to double up inside, then, you know, sign me up. And I think teams would take him in the, um, in the, uh, later part of the first round hmm. that, that that would be interesting uh ed oliver is a free agent for the buffalo bills he looks to to be signing elsewhere his agent is joel siegel by the way who is also baron jones's agent <laughs> okay which is like kind of a you know an interesting uh sub subplot to this uh it doesn't look like ed oliver's going back to the bills man He's such a good fit here in the second round to the Bills. And it will piss off a lot of Buffalo Bills fans because they want wide receivers for Josh Allen. But I think that he's a perfect fit for that type of defense and in that role, in Ed Oliver's role. And he won't cost the $12 million a year that Ed Oliver wants either. Uh, you like my fit? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. But not in the first round or even in the oh. first round? I think teams will absolutely take him in the first round and I would not be disappointed if I was at 25 and I was a team that was looking for that interior rush threat who can get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, th- this is a guy that's going to play a lot early on because he can just do, you know, he can get to the quarterback and he can just create some some havoc. He He's an agent of chaos on the inside and I think that's what you're looking for in the modern game. Yeah, uh, you, get a, you had to have a, a camera on my face when I looked up his agent, uh, Ed Oliver's agent is Joel Siegel and it looks like... He's involved with all of these players. So that, that's that's an interesting thought. Good fit there. And like I said, man, there's like a third of the NFL, a third of NFL teams will not want him. But he yeah, is a good fit there. That's fine, though. That's fine. I think that's not an issue. All right. 
And that's going to be it for this week. Next week, we'll come back at you with two more prospects. Do you already have them in the chamber or you're working on that right now? No, I kind of know who they will be, actually. So I, I think we're going to do Zach Charbonnet wow. and, Darnell, and Darnell Washington. Stick with Oof. tight end. Do Washington, do Charbonnet. Because they're going to be two, because it'll be post-combine, and they're going to be two very intriguing kids that are going to come out of the combine. Because Charbonnet, especially, really good player, but it's probably it could be a guy that runs in the four sixes, so that's going to affect his stock. And the big question, you know, one of the biggest questions out of this entire draft in terms of height, weight, speed, you know, the biggest is Bryce Young, obviously. But Darnell Washington's 40 time is going to be huge. And, you know, you don't want him to run too fast because he'll probably be out of the Dolphins' reach. If he runs too slow, then you kind of worry about where his fit is. So you kind of want him, you know, if he runs a 471 or a 475, I think that puts him in prime position for the Miami Dolphins. And whilst we're trying to expand the masses beyond just the Dolphins' outlook in this draft, obviously, we kind of like to have a look at some players that Miami will be interested in. And this is two guys who I think the Dolphins will be absolutely primed for, um, you know, on day two. And that's Charbonnet of UCLA and Washington of Georgia. Yeah, we are. We are definitely expanding our, our borders here. We even assigned a defensive tackle to replace Ed Oliver for the Buffalo Bills. So that's for uh, for my my fans on the Buffalo Bills podcast that I do, rock, uh, the Rockpile Report. So enjoy it. All right, we will talk to you next week. That's a that's a hell of a lineup, those two guys. See you then. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.